Wait for it. Hey out there, everybody, and welcome to Caffeination 548, the calm before the storm edition here at the Caffeination Podcast. Hopefully you are having a fantastic day, evening, or night whenever you decide to stick us in your ears. We are having a wonderful Wednesday, uh, as this is the day that we usually record. We decided to give it a go, and... uh, now you're back on the, the normal schedule. So uh, if you are looking for this podcast or any of its little episodic friends, you can find them lovingly nestled over at www.caffination.com. Being the name of the show, we thought that was a good place for us to stick it. All right, so if you are looking to comment, feedback, suggestions, you can please send, feel free to send those to paul at caffeination.com or caffeination at gmail.com. Either way will work. You can dial into our listener line at 212. Top 5 240 1319. Uh, once more, that's 215 240 1319. Over on the uh, lovingly uh, crafted website, we have the Twitters, we have the Facebook pages, and we have Google Plus and everything else you can possibly imagine. So if you're looking to hook up with us on social media and any of the platforms we are available on, you can do so over there. We are available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio, and as well as a couple other services. So uh, it would actually do us some good if you could head on over to iTunes and actually leave a review. Tell tell uh, the world what you think of the podcast. There's a couple reviews over there, but they're from before we uh, turned off for six years. So it might help to have some fresh uh, uh, verbiage up there, if you know what I mean. All right, well, thank you for sticking with us and uh, supporting the show by listening in. We couldn't do it if it wasn't for you. So if you are, uh, now we're going to get right down to this. There are a couple links in this show that are affiliate links, the first of which being any of the Amazon stuff that comes up there. Uh, Amazon stuff, uh, links directly to products or to Amazon services are uh, affiliate links, and they help support the show, keep the lights lights on down in the caffeination layer. They buy us new candles every now and then, and, you know, every once in a while they feed the gargoyle. He's out front. His name is Garth. It's okay. He doesn't eat much, just the uh, cactus that's standing behind him. All right, uh, so we are a proudly sponsored by Puzzle Piece Production. Design that fits. If you need a new website or logo, let us create something beautiful just for you. And our show is ho- is uh, hosted by InnerServer. So if you're looking for great, great hosting at affordable prices, they fit the bill all around, and they have unbelievable support. Now, the link for that is also an affiliate link, but they are not directly sponsoring the show. So if you uh, click on that and you ha- end up going with their services for anything, uh, you are supporting the show indirectly by going with those guys. Uh, I highly uh, love working with them, <laughs> even when something goes wrong, and even if it's something of my own making uh, because they have really knowledgeable uh, tech support people. Most of their tech support people that I've interacted with actually, actually happen to be located in the United States, and uh, which is useful if you are trying to sort things out because uh, they're on the same time zones you are. <laughs> Uh, I previously used one and one and they were okay up to a certain point, but when I had issues, uh, it turns out that their escalated uh, level of support was only available in New- in uh, Germany. And uh, as wonderful as that is to, to work with people over in another country, it-, it sometimes it's just really useful to be able to talk to somebody that's in your time zone. So... 
It, it uh, they have uh, data centers both in New Jersey and in California, and uh, it's it's kind of fun to to work with people in the in the U.S. when it comes to this kind of stuff too. So if you are outside the U.S., I'd love to hear what you do for your show or your. Uh, website hosting needs it's always interesting to see what other people do all right now geek life uh, we're going to dive on into the geek cruft section rather here we're going to move on into food and caffeinated bits and then one more time we're going to hit the final thought and then head you up and on our way out figure I've wasted it up enough time at the beginning of the show. We can dive on in. If the cooler weather has already hit your area, I envy you completely. We have all the pumpkin spice this. We have all the uh, the sweater ads that you could shake a stick at. But we're still rocking 70s, 80s, 90s, and uh, you know beyond. So I'm pretty sure we're due for another Indian summer uh, heat wave <laughs> in a week or so. Uh, I do think that the weather is just about to break, so that's always really lovely to hear when the weather people start talking about that. That means we're going to kick it down into a slightly lower gear. The humidity is going to be somewhere around 70% over the next couple days, and for around here, that's actually bearable. So uh, I can't wait for uh, for that to happen. Uh, we might even get to turn off the air conditioner, <laughs> so who knows. All right. Uh, yeah, so for the Geekcraft section, kicking it off right here, uh, Geek Life. What we're going to do here is we're taking a breath. I've been taking a step back from social media. I've been taking a step back from a lot of the other accounts that I try and uh, uh, populate. And uh, I've been really trying to focus on, okay, so how do I get my headspace clear? And one of the ways that I do that is I actually have a really awesome app on my phone. Now, the app only costs 2 bucks, So usually I, I'm, I'm somebody who shills for the, uh, the free apps because I love that. But uh, in this case, it really did pay to actually pay for the app. Uh, now, the app is called Budify, and it has a series of wonderful wonderful uh, meditations that are already in there. So you can go on there, and no matter what you're doing, they have a meditation for you. So if you're eating at your desk, if you're working and there's stressful uh, stress there, if you are walking around the city and you want to meditate while you're walking, they have an app, uh, a meditation for that. Now, they have subscription models and other things that are also available in there in various other forms, but uh, for my <laughs> needs, the best thing that I was able to find is they're just plain vanilla app it has an unbelievable amount of resources in there for two dollars so uh, you can find a link in the show notes or just search for Budify uh, in the local app store and you'll be able to find it uh, it's available on i on iPhones uh, I rather iOS and Android I don't know about any of the other platforms but uh, I'm pretty sure it's uh, there as well all right now moving right along to uh, my little geeky uh, watch this week now I have been kind of jones in to see this one and i know it's coming to netflix so we rented it and it is batman ninja it is a mashup between batman and uh traditional (laughs) oddly structured japanese kabuki theater kind of uh uh, costumes. So imagine Batman going back in time, because that's what really happens here. Batman goes back in time and uh, fights in in a feudal Japan where warlords are actually his criminal uh, his criminal counterparts that are that are uh, are trying to overtake Japan and throw throw things out of whack. So it it is hard to accurately describe. It is an unbelievably odd and satisfying romp through feudal Japan with Batman. 
and that, that's pretty much all I can explain there. But uh, you can head on over there and check it out in an uh, Amazon if you are so inclined. It's an affiliate link. Just wanted to remind you, just in case you were unaware of what I said earlier. Uh, but if you are not of the uh, mind where you'd like to rent it right now, but it still sounds sort of interesting, don't worry. It's coming to Netflix at the end of October. So it'll be there just in time for uh, Halloween. So you can sidle up and get some uh, Batman uh, <laughs> Batman costume cosplay going so uh, i loved it and wanted to share it with the rest of the group all right now the next little thing that we got for you here is another thing that's coming to netflix no word yet on what time it is but netflix is actually doing a reimagined live action avatar the last airbender series I loved this cartoon when it was on Nickelodeon. Now, it came out right around the time that I got married, and uh, it it was really kind of funny that, you know, it's like, you're supposed to be entering into this adult stage in your life. Why are you watching cartoons? And then we had a kid a year and a half later or so, and it was like, well, you know, the kid really wants to see The Last Airbender. Or does he? Does he really want to see The Last Airbender? Well, at that point, they already had seasons one and two available to pretty much uh, go right through, and they would have uh, marathons all the time. And it just so happens that my son really liked the, uh, the the theme songs for different things. He loved the theme songs to James Bond or theme songs to James Bond movies, and he really liked a lot of the uh, the animation styles that happened with Last Airbender. So uh, Netflix shared the concept art by one John Straub and, or Staub, and uh, it is a tiny little Airbender with Appa, which is a flying air bison. So uh, you can head on over and check out the link. This is uh, to the Twitter posting from uh, from Netflix, so it's really awesome to see. All right, now the next little thing that we got for you here is representation matters. Now I know that we've talked about this before, and I've gotten a lot of feedback, positive mostly, about people who like different comic book characters that look like them. And it's kind of funny because uh, it it never really dawned on me growing up that there weren't a lot of heroes of color that were out there for people to really, you know, base costumes and things off of. So I love the fact that different things have changed throughout the years, and I love the fact that there's a larger variety of people for, you know, for both uh, different people of color and for, you know, just everybody else to, uh, <laughs> to, to sit there and enjoy, both for Halloween costumes, for just for general reading materials. Just in general, it's, it's it's fun, and I love comic books. I love the ideas and the stories that they sell. And if there's one that you particularly love, I'd love to hear about it. But this is all about costuming. Now, this isn't like getting into doing cosplay. Although I follow a bunch of people on uh, Instagram, and if you head on over to Instagram and just search for cosplay, there are people there that are younger than you can possibly imagine that will blow the doors off anything that I have ever seen. Sitting out front on my steps, waiting for kids to come by for Halloween. These people take craftsmanship to another level. It is amazing, but that's that, that that's going above and beyond. So, what are there out there for representation in the costume communities uh, for Halloween? Well, now we have Miss Marvel. The new Miss Marvel uh, is actually a Muslim superhero. She's the first Muslim superhero from Marvel. Then we have Shuri from the Black Panther and the Black Panther himself that are both uh, sitting there from uh, different from the uh, tribe 
I forget what tribe they are from, from uh, the fictional kingdom of Wakanda. And whenever you say Wakanda, you have to cross your arms across your chest and say Wakanda forever. So uh, it, it's one of those things. And uh, so it's Kamala and Shuri costumes. Uh, I am particularly enthused, not because of any of the representation of different heroes of color or anything like that. My daughter happens to really, really like Spider-Gwen. And Spider-Gwen is this just one-off joke that sort of happened, and it was uh, something that kind of caught... or kind of caught on, and people started making costumes and fan art and came came around that uh, Gwen Stacy eventually, in one of the different Marvel universes, became Spider-Man. But she became Spider-Woman, or Spider-Gwen. So, it's <laughs> it, it's kind of cool. She has a really awesome costume, and I want to show my daughter this. She hasn't seen it yet. And uh, it was kind of hard to corral her today. So, uh, it's Spider-Gwen and Gwen Stacy, just in general, looks and reminds me a lot of my daughter. It's just bubbling, effervescent energy, and I can't wait to, for her to see that. And I also know a lot of people uh, who are going to be excited about some of these other characters as well. Now, this is also the first time that I've ever seen that Disney actually has their own online store specifically set up for costumes. So you can head on over there and check that out. I haven't particularly ordered anything through there so i can't uh, uh vouch for their customer service or anything but if i were you i would probably order things earlier rather than later all right now another thing that was announced actually yesterday uh by the play by sony uh, is playstation classic yes that's cor- correct sony is getting on top of the bandwagon to uh re-release older arcade systems or older systems so in this case the original playstation that came out 25 years ago they are releasing the original playstation one more time but with a list of pre-installed games now they have not yet listed all of the games but uh it, it, there's there's going to be some good ones in there and they are going to be have they're going to have they're going to be having uh Final Fantasy 7 Jumping Flash Ridge Racer Type 4 Tekken 3 and Wild Arms now there's a couple there I haven't played but I really hope Twisted Metal is in there and I really hope that uh Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 is in there because both of those games hours and hours of enjoyment now it's going to retail for $99 it's going to come out on December 3rd which is the actual 25th anniversary of the debut of the PlayStation and what it's also going to have is two controllers unlike a lot of the other systems that are out there two controllers (laughs) and an HDMI port so this thing is already going to do it Uh, it is 43% smaller than the original PlayStation uh, I'm pretty much an Xbox guy at this point, but um, I would definitely get this, especially if there's some way that you could buy like a memory card and add extra games in there. That would just blow the doors off anything, and that's the second time I've used that euphemism, but they would blow the doors literally off anything that I could find <laughs> for for Christmas like that. It's just this fun little kitschy cool system, and uh, I, I really just can't wait to see what the other games are. So there's 15 still to be released. What are your favorite games, and what would you like to see come out on the PlayStation Classic? And I wonder how far they can go with this, because, I mean, SNES has to be coming up. There's a whole bunch of other things that are coming up, but uh, I don't know when SNES was actually released, so I think that they ha- they're going to wait for a- an actual anniversary. It's going to be interesting to see what they do there. All right, now the next thing we got up for you here is Fortnite Monopoly Edition. Now, there's a lot of different games 
and things that I've seen that uh, directly translate onto the Monopoly board well. Like, you can go in, and my favorite version of Monopoly, unsurprisingly, for those of you who know me, is actually the Lord of the Rings Monopoly, because there's a definitive end to the game. In Lord of the Rings, the books are ostensibly over when the ring makes its, all, makes its way to Mount Doom. Well, that's exactly how the game ends for Lord of the Rings Monopoly. There's a little ring piece that you move around whenever you roll one of the ones on one of the die. So it has a standard die for one of them, one six-sided die, standard. And then the other uh, six-sided die has a Eye of Sauron that's where the one should be. So whenever that pops up during a roll, you move the ring one space. Now it's one space, so you have a definitive number of spaces that go around the board before the game is over. And as soon as the ring hits, that's it. Whatever's been mortgaged has been mortgaged. Whatever is owed is owed. Everything else, however it is laid out at that current point in time, you cannot buy anything else. You cannot sell anything else. It is done. The game is over. Count up what you have uh, on the plus side and let the chips literally fall where they may. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or rather, let the rings of power fall where they may. <laughs> so, uh, one ring for the... Er, let's see, it's uh, three rings for the Elven Kings under the sky, seven for the Dwarf Lords in their Halls of Stone, nine for mortal men doomed to die, and one ring for the Dark Lord on his Dark Throne. One ring to rule them all, one ring to bind them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness find them. So, I think I uh, swapped two words at the last bit. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's what I love about that version of Monopoly. However, when I'm looking at the Fortnite version of Monopoly, I know, it's a long way to go around for a story. But when I'm looking at the Fortnite version of Monopoly, I'm like, I can understand that you're going to have specific settings on the board that are going to be parts of the map that exists in real life. So you're going to have Dusty Divot, you're going to have uh, Tilted Towers and things like that as you go around. Uh, and, and I would hope that you would be able to get different character skins as the initial uh, outlay. But the thing that I don't understand is other outside of the Go system and the Jail and all the other things, like is Jail just respawning? Uh, do you lose, <laughs> you know, how are things uh, actually laid out? And from what it looks like, Tilted Towers might be uh, where Boardwalk is. But um, th there's a lot of things that, that don't directly map onto this. Because Fortnite's uh, appeal is that it, it changes from uh, season to season. So it's a game that you download for free, and then it updates itself, and it asks you to basically spend money on customization options. So if you're buying the board game, the board game's going to remain the same thing all the time. So it's going to have 27 uh, different cardboard outlets. Uh, there's 15 storm cards, 16 location cards, 16 loot chests, 8 wall cards, 1 numbered die, 1 action die, 110 health point chips. I mean, this is already getting well outside of what you would... Uh, <laughs> include for a standard game of Monopoly. So I'd like to see it being played first, so I'll probably watch one of the board game podcasts before I'd consider it buying consider buying it. There are a couple board games that I do own that, that uh, every time I've tried to play them it's just like I get a headache. And I'm not talking like uh, Settlers of Catan because I absolutely love that. We play that with our friends all the time. But no, there's like Magic the Gathering board games and it's like you sit there and you try and lay everything out and it's just 
the instructions are like they're written in Braille, and you don't know how to read Braille. <laughs> it, 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 there's there's all kinds of mixed up signals going on there. All right, so that's about that. The next little thing that we got for you here, back to Marvel, Avengers Earth Mightiest Hero. is This is the Earth's Mightiest box set. Now, if you had been collecting the Avengers over the past couple years, all the way from the back to 1963, to the current present day book 2018 you would have spent a significant amount of money on comic books now you can currently own a reissue of all of these comic books the entire run of avengers earth mightiest heroes for $500 yeah i know i'm already turning that out too but um I, I love the idea of it. I think maybe they would bar- probably sell a lot more of them if they chunked them into decades. So you could buy the 60s edition, then you could buy the 70s edition, and so on and so forth until you get up to the current things. At least this way there'd be, you know, you know, five or six different subsections that they could break it into to hopefully it's like, hey, look, for $100 you can have every comic that was issued in the 60s. That might be a little bit easier of a sell for people. and Or you might even be able to, to break it out even further and get a little bit more money out of people. But still, it's one of those things where right now I'm, I'm going back through Hellboy's <laughs> Omnibus collection. And I'm slowly buying all the, omnib- all the, uh, the versions that have been uh, put out there. And I'm still sitting there going, okay. Now, at this point, I've spent $25 on this, $15 on that. It's starting to get up there, but I realize that I'm buying them in, in uh, chunks that, that are easy to manage. So it's a lot easier to go to my wife and say, hey, look, I'd like to spend $25 on a book, as opposed to say, hey, look, I'd like to spend $85 on a set. That's just me. I don't know about anybody else. So uh, it, 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 I'd be really interested to see what true comic book fans actually think of this. Because while I love comics, I don't currently own very many of them. And it's kind of one of those kind of funny things that uh, I was actually talking to my parents about this past week. And we were talking about it. And I was unaware that my mom was a big comics fan. She, has a bun- she had a bunch of Archie comics and a whole bunch of other things. And it, it's one of those things that... You don't hear of about a lot of kids now getting into comics because comics are a lot more of a, an adult-themed uh, hobby. So it's it's one of those things that I struggled to get my son into, and I accidentally bought him a version of a comic that had some pretty adult imagery. I'm talking more violence than, than inappropriate situations or anything. But it was still one of those things where it's like, you know, man, a, a guy can't even get get a Batman comic book with it, or a Teen Titans comic book without ending up on the wrong side of the law here. But, uh, yeah, so it, it's one of those things that uh, you kind of wish that some of the things still remained a little bit uh, uh, cleaner, but... Um, Hey, I, I, I'm just as fine as the next guy when it comes to this stuff. I just like to to be able to introduce my son to some of these uh, things as well. So, all right, moving right along. Are you ready? Are you ready for Angry Birds to take the next leap? Yes, that is correct. Angry Birds is moving into virtual reality. So imagine taking your phone, picking it up, and seeing like you have the camera running, because you do. Uh, you're seeing your living room in front of you. However, instead of just your living room, augmented reality, AR, uh, is new technology that allows certain characters and certain features to overlay on top of things that currently exist. So where you might be taking a picture or taking a live video of your um, uh, of your uh, dining room table or 
or the floor or toys that are laying out across your living room or something like that. Don't know why those things came to my mind. But uh, Angry Birds AR would actually be, be able to map obstacles onto these things so that when you pull back the slingshot you'd be shooting into your own living room uh, I love this idea, I can't wait to see how it actually plays out uh, I'm still trying to look to see exactly when it's going to be uh, released if it hasn't already uh, there's a pretty long article there so I'm just going to head <laughs> let you head on over there and check it out they have a lot of play, playable uh, uh, games there but uh, it, it's going to be one of those fun things that, that I can't wait to see how it kind of all plays out and that about wraps it up for the Geek Cruft section here at the Caffeination Podcast. We are moving right along quickly into the food and caffeinated bits section. Now, the funny thing about today's episode is there's no coffee. Other than the fact that I'm drinking stoked cold brewed coffee, uh, there's no coffee on today's show. There's no uh, stories about it, that is. So uh, the first thing we have up for you here is Design Taxi. Dot com and it's Kellogg's overhauls its signature and color scheme to welcome the premium cereal line. Yes, apparently in Europe, Kellogg's has a premium cereal line called WC Kellogg or WK Kellogg's, for short for William K Kellogg, and uh, they have super grains and granola, no added sugar and granola, and uh, they they are reintroducing a a whole bunch of. <laughs> Uh, of of different cereals as healthier versions. Now, the thing that, that that I like about this is that yes, it'd be wonderful if things had less added uh, additives. <laughs> it'd be wonderful if things had uh, had less added colors and stuff like that. Although there are a lot of uh, European countries that actually ban a lot of the different food dyes that we don't happen to ban here in the United States, which is probably better for them and not so good for us. So. Um, yeah, so that's all good. But the funny thing is, uh, I don't necessarily think that we need a premium brand. You know, you, you might want to start just shifting. It, it's kind of like if you're trying to introduce your dog to new food. Uh, you, you don't just switch over completely where all of a sudden instead of uh, pedigree, they're eating kibbles and bits. No, no, no. You start mixing the kibbles and bits in. And then eventually you wheedle out the pedigree. And then all of a sudden everything's been kibbles, kibbles and bits for years. I don't know what you're talking about. We never had pedigree in this house. We are a kibbles and bits house. So that's what they should have done with this. And I understand it's more of a sales line. But I'd like it to be much less of a sales line. And I'd like it to be much more of a health conscious line. Like, hey, you know what? We're going to try and uh, make the transition over to healthier food and products. But I know that's not the way the world works. All right, speaking of interesting, healthy-ish, and uh, <laughs> something that's a little bit less on the uh, standard size, but still doesn't have uh, food or food dyes in it, doesn't have weird additives, uh, there is a new kind of non-oil salad dressing called Ocean Blue. They use spirella, so, <laughs> which is uh, blue algae that actually allows for an electric blue color for the dressing. Now, this is available in Japan right now. It's ocean blue dressing. Um, I love the way it looks. I'd love to be able to try it. Apparently, it has a lot of acidity because it's flavored with grapefruit, and it does not use uh, oil at all. 
So I would love to see this. I really wish that uh, you could order it outside of a restaurant setting. Um, we'll see if it makes its way over to the States because, hey, we like fun-colored products too. But I just figured I'd share with the group and moving right along. All right, now the next thing we got for you here is do you like beer and do you like jelly? How does your beer-filled belly like beer-flavored jelly? I've been trying to work on that. These things look mighty tasty, but now these are from a company <laughs> that actually, it's called uh, Malt Hoppy Delicacy. Uh, Malty Hoppy Delicacy. Yeah. Sorry. I can't uh, talk today. But uh, they actually have a bunch of different flavors. So the, all, the beer that you can eat, it's year-round favorite beer jelly. I, for some reason, the, the uh, linguistic gymnastics that I'm having to go through to get beer jelly out clearly and concisely is not working out for me today. But what you need to know is that it's savory, it's sweet, it's American Pale Ale beer beer jelly, Imperial IPA, which the only thing I have about that is IPA stands for Imperial Pale Ale. So when you call something an Imperial IPA, it stands for Imperial Imperial Pale Ale beer jelly. Then you have Oatmeal Brown Ale Beer Jelly. Then you have Imperial Russian Stout Beer Jelly. I would probably really enjoy the stout. Then there's the Saison Beer Jelly. And then the Sour Pumpkin Saison Beer Jelly. So there's all these other uh, beers that they have there that have been turned into jellies. And, um, yeah, it's it's just a fun little thing that I, <laughs> that I would love to be able to... Uh, to share with the group here, so I uh, wonder how you can actually order them, uh, but unfortunately I haven't been able to figure that out yet. Um, <laughs> at this point it just looks like it's an, a local to Ontario-based production, but I hopefully uh, will will keep tabs on this and we'll see if they actually start shipping their products out, because I would really love to try some of the different things that they have going there. Alright, and again, that is multi and hoppy. All right, so moving right along to the next little thing that we have for you there. First, we have beer jelly. Now we're going to talk about beer pickles and whiskey pickles. Now, there's a book from my childhood called Pickle Things. Pickle things you never eat, like pickle pie and pickle cake. And pickle things you never make, like pickle ice cream and pickle cake. See, the thing is, that book, I need to to find it again because I know where it is. It's somewhere up in my daughter's pit of a room. But uh, I need to make sure that they don't have beer in there because I'm pretty sure it's a kid's book, so they're not going to have it. But pickled jelly, maybe, because uh, there's a lot of really weird things that have been coming out for pickles. Now, a while ago, I was unaware, but there's something called a pickle shot where you take a shot of whiskey and then you follow it up with a shot of pickle juice. Now, this then turned someone into getting the bright idea to make a brine out of whiskey and then also turn to somebody to make a brine out of beer. And there are now two different available <laughs> available non-alcoholic, believe it or not, varieties of pickles that you can get that have been pickled, for lack of a better adjective word there. Uh, there's Hefeweizen, uh, bread and butter. I'm not a fan of bread and butter pickles. That's the problem. Uh, they're too sweet for me, so apparently the, the beer... Uh, for $9, you can get this this jar of uh, pickles. Um, 
That's a lot of money for pickles. In fact, that might be my new standard for when some somebody uh, offers me something and it's a little bit outside of my price range. That's a lot of pickles. Uh, that's a lot of dough for some pickles. Uh, but yeah, so you can get the Hefeweizen bread and butter pickles at uh, Preservations & Co. Or you can head on over and get the... Uh, <laughs> The lovely WTF Food Whiskey Pickles. Yes, Brooklyn Brine Company has Whiskey Sour Pickles. Now, that actually sounds a whole lot better. So I'm going to uh, just say and hope that uh, I can get out there and try them out. And we'll see exactly how much that is. I'm not sure about the price for the Whiskey Pickles. Oh, there it is. It's $13 a jar. So there you have $9 pickles or $13 pickles. And then uh, there's also an ad on there that I'm not going to click on and I'm not going to put a link in the show notes, but you can get a giant gummy pickle as well. So these are both links from delish.com. I just thought I'd share them with the group because they're that fun. Uh, Now, the next little thing that I found was actually kind of funny. This is Bloody Mary Marinara will forever change how you make spaghetti. Now, what they do instead of using... um, uh, regular alcohol in the uh, Bloody Mary, like vodka, they actually use white wine. Now, this the only problem I have with this, that it, this one's from, again, over at delish.com, uh, the only problem I have with this, naming it a Bloody Mary, is that Bloody Marys have vodka in them. So if you're going to do it, then you can do it with a vodka sauce, and it would be perfectly fine. So you could have Bloody Mary vodka sauce, and that would work fine for me. Um, but I guess they're looking for the alliteration and Bloody Mary Marinara uh, kind of worked out. Um, but there's plenty of different foods that you can actually uh, use white wine with, and I'm pretty sure that that is not a traditional use for a Bloody Mary. So this one is a 24-ounce jar, and it's $7.50. So uh, it's one of the things that I really kind of uh, thought was kind of interesting and hoped, hoped it would round out the show where we were talking about all this different al- alcoholic food. Now, this isn't food that's not meant to be alcoholic, but this one I actually believe has real wine in it. It's not saying that the whiskey and that the beer actually don't have whiskey and beer in them for the pickles or the, for the jelly for that matter, although I'm not sure about the alcohol content of the jelly. I have to look back on that a little bit more. Um, but the... For both pickle articles, they actually specifically said that the alcohol content burns off as they're cooking the brine to make the pickles. So that's one thing to be aware of. Now, um, yeah, I kind of think that this would be kind of interesting. Of course, you could also just get your own marinara sauce and add a little white wine to it and call it a day. But that's neither here nor there. All right, that about wraps it up for the food and caffeinated bits section here today on the Caffeination Podcast. And we are going to round out today with the final thought. Now, we are getting on into the harvest season. Now, this is traditionally when a lot of people like to do food drives, uh, specifically around Thanksgiving, but we're going to get out ahead of that. And this article that I found over at foodbeast.com, 20 items food banks need the most and three things to skip. Now, I'm just going to run down the article really quick for some of the highlights. The things that they do need, applesauce, cooking oils, dried herbs and spices. Now, this is one that I hadn't thought about, but really makes a whole lot of sense. When you have people who are on a budget that don't have money for enough food, are we just going to give people the random things that are in the cabinet that we no longer want to eat, or do you want people to actually be able to enjoy tasty food? You have tasty food by using tasty spices. So there you go. That's actually a really, really good idea. They also have things like instant mashed potatoes, nuts, peanut butter, rice, 
and shelf-stable and powdered milk. There's also stoop, uh, soup, stew, and chili, not stoop. <laughs> and what are the three things to skip? The three things to skip are items that are in glass or cellophane packaging, which can be broken in transit, in which case they can't serve it to anybody, in which case it gets thrown out. Junk food. And then things that need can openers or special equipment. Pop-top cams, whether for veggies, meat, fruit, are all a plus. Now, this is one of those things that I kind of thought about, and I said, okay, you know, most people out there have can openers, but if you can spend a, you know, a couple extra cents a can and get the pop-top can, why wouldn't you? So if you're really looking out for the people who have less than you do this this coming fall, this harvest season as it is almost upon us, please remember these little tips. You can go on through, see the full 20 things there, and um, just remember this. What, what people really need is the dietary staples in life. They want starches that are clean. They want uh, high, meals that are high in protein, and they want to be able to make things taste good. So if you can add a little bit of the spice to their life, you can add some fun things to, to in there, then, then that'll be good for people as well. And then the other thing that they had there that I, I kind of remembered was, uh, I know I mentioned applesauce, but sweets that are not bad for you are a good idea. They also had granola bars on the list. So that about wraps it up here today for the Caffeination Podcast. We have had a wonderful, we as in, whoa, we, as in me, have had a fun time giving you the news and information, the random bits of Dietrich that have floated across my desk from throughout the uh, interwebs. Hopefully you've had a wonderful time listening to whatever I babbled on about. <laughs> All right, so there. this has been the Caffeination Podcast, episode number 548. Calm before the storm. The storm is going to be hitting relatively soon. Uh, not talking about a literal storm, just a whole bunch of uh, content that usually makes its way uh, after September rolls its way through. For some reason, October is a prime month for content around here, and uh, it's just things start coming out of the woodwork. It's really dry over the summer. September, you get a lot of back-to-school stuff, and then we start getting slammed when it comes to October, specifically gearing up for the Christmas season. But we're not all about that life. We are about Halloween. That's right. I said it. All right. So thank you very much for listening to this and any of the other episodes that you decide to stick in your ear. You can head on over to www.caffination.com. That is caffeination.com. We are the Caffeination Podcast. They go nicely together. If you are looking to send me comments, feedback, suggestions, please feel free to do that at caffeination at gmail.com or paul at caffeination.com. They both go to the same place, so you can send two emails, and I'll get it twice. And I know you mean it that much more <laughs> all right please remember to support the sponsors for the show if you have the the availability of doing so and uh thank you very much for listening and stay caffeinated people <laughs>